0: I've just got a delivery guy turn up, just a sec. Maybe <laughs> you guys keep talking.
1: Joel will fix all this no up in
0: post. <laughs> Quick, now while he's oh, gone the
1: wonderful world of Bruce news.
0: Um
2: <laughs> uh, mate, it uh, never worked with animals and children. <laughs> Between you and me we got both. Thanks to Cryer Malt, a grain of truth in every podcast. This is Radio Brews News. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me today is the founding editor of Australian Brews News, Australia's leading source of beer news, views and opinions, Matt Kierkegaard. Morning, Matt. Morning, Prof. How are you? Very well, very well. And we should introduce, joining us this week in the co-host special guest chair, is the IBA chair and founder of Endeavour Brewing Company at the Rocks, Ben Coyman. Thanks for joining us, Ben.
1: Good morning, gentlemen. Good to be here.
0: Matt, it's great to have you here. It's a, like, it, it, it's a funny one. This is our Brews News Week podcast, really. It's a, going over the news of the week, but with so much news coming out of the IBA, uh, you're, you're both a guest and a co-host. So uh, thank you for joining us.
1: Oh, Thank you. I, I like being in such
0: esteemed
2: company, that's for sure. Oh, and we like being referred to as a themed company, so uh, we don't often get that in a in a week uh-huh. where Matt has managed to put another few people offside uh, with his um, his forthright views. It's good to have somebody who um, considers us friends.
0: <laughs> I don't know that oh, I put totally. people offside, did I, Prof? There was some robust discussion, which is uh, what we and promise and are in these. And he says, plans. moving
2: straight into the making news this week, Ben Spoke <laughs> says to rumour merchants, "On your bike, Four Pines gets barred at the SCG. Uh, the fresh is best debate refuses to go stale." and a new host lineup announced for the AIBA presentation dinner. Matt, let's kick off with um perhaps, should we get the freshest best debate out of the way first? Cuz it's fair to say you uh garnered a little bit of attention again this week taking over Rory Gibson's column in the um as Chris McNamara calls it, the local paper up there the curious
0: snail or the yes. Curious mail yes in Brisbane and feeling that there was still a little bit of life left in the <laughs> horse you uh... oh no no I don't I don't want us to sort of go through the Five days of rabid discussion. Um, I, I, I penned a column for the Career Mail. Now, the Career Mail is a uh, you know mainstream newspaper. Um, so anyone that gets involved in Facebook beer forums or reads Brews News will be well and truly across the the, the beer debate. But you know, having uh, Rory's column for a couple of weeks, um, it was a, a great topic to to talk about. You know, and you know, I, I think a lot of people are conditioned to think that you know beer has an infinite shelf life and it certainly uh sits at 12 months and uh, i just made a i essentially just uh, um wrote about the conversation that we had with charlie bamforth who you know talked about you know beer has you know a, a um best shelf life how quickly
2: a, it does yeah, yeah and how quickly it does degrade which i thought was the the salient point um yeah. that you know how, how much it it uh it lowers by you know keeping it warm versus
0: keeping it yeah, and, and how much quick, more, more quickly staling characters creep into the beer? The warmer it's it, it's kept, and so it was like it was a really innocuous uh, little column. It was just you know, one of those education seemingly things. innocuous. Well, but then you know then you get people um, who have a vested interest in selling beer, you know, and you know beer is a hard thing to sell, and you know it, it's there are practical decisions you have to make when you've got a bottle shop or when you've got a um, distributorship that. You have to make, and you know you are going. And, and if you've got that, you're going to sort of say, "Look, my beer is perfectly good at six months as it is at three months." Um, and of course, you're going to say that. But it's always the salesman and the you know and the, the logistics people who say that. When you speak to brewers. Um, You know, uh, they say three months, and I I, I guess the best um, example of that um, is the former head brewer for Stone saying, "If you put any longer than ninety days on your IPA, you know, it's just crazy." Um, And brewers have, you know, have a very firm view of how long their beer can be in the market because they have a vested interest. It's it's their product, it's their art that's out there. Um, Salespeople who don't have the same vested interest um you know don't have that same you know desire to push um certain date limits and they want to see the uh, the, the edges bleed out a little bit and uh, so so that's where the, the, the conversation got and what i don't look you know it was it was robust it was heated i don't you know it got a little bit personal towards me at the end i don't feel that i got personal but it was you know just one of those conversations so you know it's on australian craft beer crew you can see a uh, you know a lot of a lot, lot of different points of view yeah no, did, did,
2: did, did you tune no, 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 that's good yeah sorry i wasn't listening you... no no that
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, just
2: it just seems like i've heard it all before but i will
0: well, uh, and, and you have you know and in my defense you know like i i didn't wait i just sort of i actually weighed in because somebody made a comment about the the um column and said oh you know have you seen these you know at this temperature it'll last for this long and i just sort of weighed in and so I said look thanks for, for sharing that column and attributed who those comments um, were from, and it was from Charlie Bamforth, and I didn't want to sort of, it, it, it wasn't relevant to, to say to a, you know, a mainstream beer audience in, in a column, um, you know, Charlie Bamforth is a professor of UC Davis. When you've only got 400 words, you can't do that. So just in that, I wanted to make sure people knew, you know, what the source of those quotes was. But if somebody then comes in and, you know, starts debating points, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to sort of <laughs> chip in and yeah, you know, and answer those questions. Um, but but uh, actually, then prof- that's a good uh, um, plug for during Good Beer Week. Anyone who has a has a point of view or has a has an interest in in beer logistics, we are heading down to Good Beer Week. The Wednesday in the Cry Malt Trade Hub, um, we have a discussion panel looking at how the retail chain and the, the craft brew brewing world are meeting and you know what both need to do to make sure that good beer is getting in the hands and giving consumers a great beer experience so uh jump on facebook uh and look at our events page and uh, you'll find details about that and you can scream whatever you like at me from the floor
2: <laughs> in a very controlled environment we have up security um, for you this year, mate. you'll be happy to
1: know is there is there a free popcorn mount there will be
0: free popcorn, <laughs> and we're installing, you know that scene in Blues Brothers where they're playing at Bob's Country Bunker? Um, yes. There's going to be chicken wire in front of... Mesh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. T- Excellent.
1: <laughs> I, I heard went through three buckets of popcorn yesterday watching that thread on Facebook. Thank you to you and Johnny. What,
0: what's your take on it? You know, what, where do you stand?
1: I stand personally, and I won't talk on behalf of the IBA, but no, no. Personally, I do stand on the on the sideline watching with interest, but I have got a vested interest... Obviously, having a beer company. Yes, yeah, certainly, uh, more beers are, uh, more more of the beer styles out there are fresh as best, no doubt about it. We've got a couple of beers that we like to age, namely our Reserve Amber and our Argyle Ale. So, yes, I agree that cool storage, cool supply chain would be fantastic. Um, unfortunately, some people don't respect it, perhaps like it should be. Um, and it's just it's like any I guess emerging industry that uh, we're not as sophisticated as we'd like to be. Um, yeah, you know, I, I observe with interest your example around stone, how I've got a home message and an international message, But not necessarily the same. So, yep, I uh, will continue to cook popcorn and with interest <laughs> myself.
0: But but I guess that's the point, you know, with, with your Reserve Vintage, you know, from day one you've been educating people. Um, in all of your messaging about what it's, you know, what's going to change and how it's going to, how it's going to develop, um, and you're not. You you haven't sort of taken that even though it's using um, seasonal hops. You're not saying you know if you age this for twelve. And then we, we had some fairly uh, fun discussions you know way back when. Um, you know, if eight, years to, ago. Yeah, eight years eight ago. Eight years ago. Can you believe that? And, wow. But yeah, but you were never saying if you age this beer, if you put this in the cellar and sort of come back to it in eighteen months time, you're going to get these amazing hop characters. And and you weren't selling it on these amazing hop characters. You were selling it, and, no. and so you were inherently. Educating the public about what they can expect, and, and that's where my um, bugbear is, uh, you know, around stone. If if you if you say one thing, but then straight away race to compromise, um, then you're actually sending a really mixed message um, to the industry, and you're not working to improve the industry. You're actually working to confirm. All of the misconceptions about things like hop freshness and hop character, and uh, and and that's why you know I, I don't have a beef against. It. I don't think they're one of the best uh, breweries in the world, but I think you do what you say, and and th- th- that's where you you guys always have, and and that's been a big part of contributing to that education. So anyway, uh, uh, enough about that. Prof is uh, sitting there waiting to move on.
2: These and many other um, associated topics will be discussed at the uh, at BrewCon. 2018, or is it Brewcon 18 or Brewcon 2018, Ben? Uh,
1: let me just check the logo on the website.
2: But, <laughs> no, but so the artist, the artist is known as the Craft Brewers Conference, which is which I think Maybe is great.
1: 2018 Brewcon.
2: And uh, this catchy. week the yeah this week the uh, the program was, was announced and some um, some big hitters in terms of um, some some great guests coming over, uh, not the least of which is uh, is Chris Swersey.
1: Indeed. No, we're very, very um, humbled that we're getting this sort of traction and attracting this sort of talent. Um, Chris, Catherine, Gretchen and Jason in the office have nurtured some of these relationships unbelievably well. But also obviously other uh, brewers in our membership have um, suggested some contacts and we've been very successful in getting some really good ones, not just this year, but previous years. And it just seems to be going from strength to strength from my perspective. And how
2: it, has it looking numbers wise in terms of I don't know like expressions of interest or a, a brewery sort of uh, and and I, I guess we speak particularly of those who have been reticent to join the IBA because it hasn't been as independent perhaps as as they would have liked uh, and for that reason they chose not to to become members. Um, have they now become members? And if so, are they uh, expressed an interest in coming along to the the conference, which this year will be held in Sydney at the? Um, It'll be actually one of the last events, I think, at the um, Australian Technology Park.
1: Yeah, sad to see that site um, go, but um, just back to the original question, yeah, we've had our kick-in members since we went from the CBIA to the IBA, um, and we got a um, couple of of the bigger brewers uh, who came back, which was fantastic. Um, We have got a whole heap of brewery uh, in planning members as well, so I guess the future of the IBA is looking pretty rosy. We've got a a major announcement on May the 9th as well, that I think will really kick along some good member numbers, um, just through a certain piece of work that will add a lot of value to our members' businesses. We believe so. Exciting times! Uh, I think we've continued the momentum that was first started uh, back in the day when the CVIA was uh, founded, and we've really sort of focused on a few key parts of the strategy and. You know, as you said, we're, we're finally announcing some delivery because communication of all our work has been a bit of a weakness um, previously. And uh, it's a big focus for us to tell, our, especially our members, what we're doing for them and what value they can get out of their membership. But also externally, we're, we're trying to obviously uh, shake up a few things
2: Another uh, addition, I guess, to the to the program uh, is the inclusion of the the board who will be facilitating some of the um some of the discussion panels, which I think uh, apropos of what you were just saying is a great way to I guess put a, a bit more of a public face to to the the association. um but it also, I guess it's putting you know feet on the ground in terms of uh, like you say,
1: getting that message across. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um communication. there's so much, obviously. Um, messages day by day in, uh, especially our members' businesses, they're, they're running small businesses. So us cutting through and showing that they're getting value for their membership is increasingly hard or harder. Um, so yeah, at this conference, you'll see that, again, the border will be very visible. Um, we'll be on stage. We'll be hopefully having a lot of members come up to us one-on-one or as a group and asking us questions or giving us feedback. We, we're getting more and more, um, you know, through direct channels such as email. Um some, some of it names, even some of it anonymous which is, is always yeah. constructive, so um, yeah, no i'm I'm very um you know enthused as the direction the IBA is
0: going. We love the anonymous email around here at Australian Brewers News. but Bennett, it, like it 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 really is puts a lot of pressure on you with um you know so many brewing events. We've got a lot of brewers going over to the craft Brewers conference in the US. We've got good beer week coming up that's a a week out of people's time to then take another two or three days to. Come to Sydney for BrewCon. Um, you really need to be delivering something that you know is compelling um, for, for your audience. How hard is it to do that?
1: Oh uh, yeah, it's increasingly more difficult to make sure you're providing value, and that has to be something different, right? Because they don't want to see something they've seen before. We're always striving to analyse what's going on in the industry and what can the IBA deliver over and above. Because there's no use, you know, on the association side having five associations in the country. All doing the same thing we've all got to make sure that we're driving really nice focused agendas that are relevant to the space we're in um, and the conference is one of those we've got to make sure that this is and our internal goal is to create the best beer conference in southeast asia um, and attract you know not just australian indie brewers but australian big brewers and also brewers from asia pacific but also all the suppliers who want a piece of the game because it is a capital intensive Industry. There's a lot of inputs going in, so there should be a lot of suppliers hopefully lining up to get more and more customers.
2: And, Ben, we've spoken uh, recently on Radio Brews News about um, the importance of keeping a focus on the fact that you are a businessman first who happens to brew beer if you get the business side of things right and put in place people who can do the things that you either don't have the time to do or don't have the skills to do. Are there going to be – is there going to be a focus on on that side of – of things in the uh, in the program
1: yeah definitely I mean we, we undertook that a couple of years ago and we split the conference into two channels so to speak so we've got brewery and yeah you know, making the best product available but we've also got the business stream so um, online people can go to brewcon.org.au have a look at the program and see the different topics between business and brewery funny enough um, in Brisbane I can recall vividly I was on a panel uh, in the business side and we had people lined up out the door about 10 deep at the door looking in to see what was going on and half the audience were actually brewers who wanted to know more about what they can do on the business side so i think i remember that uh, finally
2: we ended up taking the center wall out to uh to create
1: a bigger room yeah correct so the, the rooms are bigger than ever before uh, in sydney which is good we've got a lot more space especially for the expo which is we've sold the expo out um, the last couple of years so we've got more space for more exhibitors, uh, it's all just you know, gaining a lot more traction uh, across the board in terms of content and then interest. So yeah, Ben, the
2: um the craft beer awards has changed to the indies.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've um you know craft was always a pretty subjective term and definition. Again, lots of debates online. So we've uh, announced obviously with our change in membership the change to what we define as an independent brewer. Um and we've uh, restricted entries to what we term an independent brewer, that is both Australian and international international, but must distribute those music within Australia.
2: Yeah, and so uh, a little bit of a change up. I was speaking to Catherine yesterday, um, a focus again, and, and this is, I think, all credit to the, to the IBA for taking on board um, the feedback, both positive and negative, and then reacting to it. And so there are changes to, um, I, I guess, the, the way that um, the beers are judged, but more importantly, the feedback that will be given uh, to, the, to the brewers. Because the reality is, and for those of us who have been involved in either stewarding or, or judging, If you get a gold medal, um, that gold medal says a thousand words. You don't really need to know a lot about that beer. Likewise, if you put in a stinker, you just need to know, you know, we've got a really oxidised sample or, you know, here were some issues, you know, there's a a lot of work required. Is it more, do you think, um, as a judge and as a brewer, it's that middle ground, it's the one that almost got a, a bronze or why didn't my silver get a gold? That's where you want a little bit more, I guess, meat on the bone in terms of the
1: feedback? 100%. Yeah, 100%. I don't think, and I guess people shouldn't enter the beers just to get the medals. This is a massive part of the quality um, strategy within the IBA. So we are trying to get, obviously, the indie beers um, in quality-wise enhanced so consumers don't have a a bad experience and they go back to non-indie beer. Um, But yeah, I mean, at Endeavour, I'll put my Endeavour hat on, we analyse all our feedback and see if there's common traits across our range, and that might be by facility because we do outsource still or gypsy brew most of our uh, bottled stock, then importantly we we opened our uh, tap rooms in the Rocks with a small brewery, we submitted those uh, beers after four months and got feedback on what was the, were there any common traits within our own little brewery in the Rocks, so you can have a look at stylistic feedback which is great, but also is there any process improvement you can do to make sure your beer's becoming or uh, getting better and better every year? Ben, with the... Um,
0: j- just taking a step back to the international brewers coming in, has has the IBA taken a look at, You know, for example, we've seen the uh, BrewDog announcement. They're going to set up a, a brewery
1: here. Having
0: a brewery here, does that make them eligible to join the IBA?
1: No, because that brewery will be owned by a brewing entity that's bigger than our volume threshold. So our volume threshold as Entered brewery is less than 40 million litres, and no more owned or 20% owned by a brewery that does 40 million litres. So their international footprint would uh, preclude them from entering at this stage. We'll look, we will continue to look at the definitions, one of the IBA, but also of the awards every year. Um, but yeah, if they were to enter this year um, or try to enter this year, they'd um, be politely. Decline those entries because they are a brewery that produces more than forty million litres.
0: So the international entries are still limited to the same size constraints as domestic breweries?
1: Correct. So any international independent brewer who's distributing in Australia must be less than 40 million litres. We're the board, and we thrashed this out um, over many months last year, was what's independent? Independent is you relying on a peer group to prosper and, and grow. Once you're bigger than that, you don't really, uh, I guess, are seen as one of those small guys. So uh, it was a legacy volume break from when the CBI was actually created a few years ago. It's just one of the things we didn't see that we need to change with the, the big uh, criteria uh, change across the board.
0: And does, does this signal that the IBA is celebrating independence globally, um, and which... I guess, takes away, puts the focus more on independence than a, a Australian? Or is it a chance for local brewers to benchmark against some of the, you know, best of their size internationally?
1: Yeah. First and foremost, it was more a benchmarking um, exercise. But obviously, we will celebrate any international uh, trophies that are given out. I mean, there is going to still be the champion beer. That goes to an international brewer who's an indie brewer. will champion, obviously, that they're an independent Brewer who's distributing in Australia, and you can you can get some great beers that are imported, which goes back to that uh, freshness debate. So it would be interesting to see if any uh, international IPAs feature in that, uh, in those awards. But first and foremost, the awards are set up for benchmarking and quality purposes. And then obviously, if you do well in the awards, you can use it for marketing purposes.
0: I remember chatting to Brendan Varus a couple of years ago when he was surprised to learn that he'd picked up a medal in Singapore because he hadn't entered his beers. And it was a guy who was uh, keen to get distribution of his beers in Singapore, and uh, he, he'd he entered them in. Um, and Brendan takes a view he doesn't enter his beers overseas because he doesn't think they travel very well, and uh, so they're not at their best um, when they compete. But he thought, well, at least that was a, a good comparison because it's sort of like everyone travels, so everyone's equally. Um it would be interesting to see if uh you know, you're obviously not going to set the requirement that they need to be beers not sent over bespoke you know not not air freighted over for, for competition It'd be interesting to see how beers that were sitting on the shelf um or came through the regular distribution channel went with uh, local beers
1: yeah it would be very interesting and you know uh, you see crafty pint when they ever do blind testing they actually go and buy this The stock from a store rather than get it direct from the brewery. They make exceptions, obviously, but their standpoint is let's judge what the consumer's getting, not what maybe the brewers pulled off the line and sent it straight to the
0: awards. We might have to get Crafty to uh, go on the road and do one of them up here and uh, take some of the beers because we seem to have a much longer distribution chain up here.
1: Yeah, there's a little store called Craft, I think, up there that could uh, be a First stop for
2: them. Craft is awesome. Yeah, Craft and, needs and, to be uh, a sponsor uh, well, of Radio Brews News. We give them so much airtime, and 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 it's always a, a really, you know, a, a big yeah. slap on the back.
1: But obviously, then another stop would be one you know, of the national retailers uh, in a regional area, which probably doesn't have the groundswell of craft demand yet, and see what the beers are like on that shelf. That's that'd be interesting.
2: Logistically, it might be difficult, but it would be great to have a side by side. So each beer is actually blind-tasted twice, once in its, I guess, you know, once from craft and once from other. The Brews News Awards, I can
1: already see the light. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, because we haven't got enough on our plate. We haven't got you, enough, and, and
0: we don't crop enough stick as it is.
2: <laughs> Speaking of uh, beers turning up in unusual places, a story that uh, crossed the desk just minutes ago, um, Four Pines uh, has got a dedicated bar just for Four Pines at the, uh, at the SCG.
1: Well, wow, that's new because I was there on Saturday night and I had a couple of Four Pines, but I didn't see the dedicated bar. I certainly saw, 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 saw a couple of taps in there, which was great.
0: I think it's the old, it used to be the Matilda Bay Bar. Yeah,
1: that was uh, that was still just a Brewers Bar on Saturday oh, night. Oh, Brewers Bar, so yeah. A lot, of, yeah yep. a lot of yaks. This is our level two of the Noble Stand.
0: And so uh, it's a partnership that launches this weekend uh, Four Pines Bar. Um, yeah, so it's, it's all Four Pines. So it, it looks like CUB has discovered that they've actually got craft beer, as Prof likes to say.
1: <laughs> as a consumer, I was stood in line for you know, twenty minutes at halftime, Waratahs Reds, and uh, I was watching obviously what taps were being turned on to fill the cups. And Four Pines was, I think, uh, conservatively sort of taking about thirty percent share off two taps off a like a ten tap bank. So it was like, fantastic. The consumers. In that environment, are going for flavoursome beer?
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. And I, I, I think, you know, independence is incredibly important. And it's you know, like I have a definite bias in my in my personal purchasing decisions towards independent beer because, uh, as, as we've said ad infinitum on the program before. Every dollar that you spend in the beer industry is a vote for where you see the beer indes- where, where you want the beer industry to be in a couple of years' time. Um, so, but but at the same time, Prof and I both got into this uh, industry before craft was called craft and independence was independence, and we just wanted, we enjoyed better beer. So, you know, the the fact that these days at the football you can get better beer or your more interesting beer. Um, it, it, is, is awesome. The one thing about this is Four Pines is obviously benefiting from their takeover, um, bought by uh, AB InBev uh, last year. But, Prof, they're still willing to go cap in hand to the punter when they need to raise a couple of, uh, you know,
2: $100,000. Yeah, as I said last week, maybe, maybe we need to, you know, take a leaf out of their book and, and just beg,
0: that's you know, money. <laughs> ben, now again, uh, should stress that you are speaking as a brewery owner in, in this case, um, not as the uh, chair of the IBA. But you had a few thoughts about uh, the Vostok Space Beer uh, Indiegogo funding.
1: Yeah, oh, you can, again, Facebook's your friend if you want to see a bit more. I um, I saw the, the Indiegogo campaign as a sponsored post. And just let me firstly say, obviously, I know Joan and the boys, Andrew, Chris. Richard really well, um, and I respect them immensely. I get on well with them, and I still drink their beer when I can't find an indie beer. So, um, yeah, I just, as a brewery owner, um, and obviously there's, a, there's 500 of us in Australia now competing for the consumer attention. Um, this was a campaign I saw years ago. I thought it was really cool, I thought it was a great idea, great marketing, great PR from a small independent brewer. Now that they're part of a large larger entity, uh, they've restarted that campaign, and it's, it is driven, I believe, as a joint venture through a gentleman called Jason, who owns the aeronautics um, or sp- space um, company. So it, 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 I, I don't doubt the the authenticity and the uh, the interest of the of this campaign. I think it's fantastic, but to put your hand out and um, take some of this consumer, I guess, capital availability for a million bucks. I just, I didn't, <laughs> I really didn't like it. it made me get, like, made me a bit frustrated. <laughs> I made,
2: made, is part of your concern that there may be people uh, donating their hard-earned, unaware no. that Four Pines is now part of AB InBev?
1: 100%. Or, or, I mean, they're not putting an ABI um, logo beside Four Pines, you know, part of the ABI family. I mean, publicly they say they're part of ZX Ventures, which is a, Um, a separate company backed by ABI I just took offence and I said I said I I took offence but this campaign has been relaunched after being you know uh, on the down low for uh, a certain period of time Uh, I launched you know just on a platform called Indiegogo Um, and I've got my own perspective and you know um, I believe in the IBA definition of Indie so that's where I I was just a bit upset and uh, but they were forthcoming on answering people's queries um, on social. Social Tom, yeah. I think his name is. He's he's a good writer, and he I don't think he purposely misled anyone. But he he sort of said, "Oh, ABI invested in our brewery, and this is a this is a separate joint venture." Well, I'm sure ABI owns all the all the IP of Four pines now. But hey, that's just my perspective. So.
0: I'll shut up now. I'm actually doing a story on this. I just haven't got around to, but I've spoken to a lady by the name of Anna Gunther, who is uh, with another type of um, crowdfunding platform called Pledge Me. And, uh, you know, she pointed out that this sort of crowdfunding um, helps, she says, that uh, crowdfunding helps make things happen that might not otherwise get funded. Um, and to, to me, that's a big thing. You know, I, I sort of think when you're a huge, you know, multi-billion dollar company, it, there's just something a little bit on the nose about doing, you know, doing that. But then I spoke to Jaron yesterday. Had a great chat with um, him about all things space. He's just returned from the US, where he's been to a number of space conferences, and you know, he acknowledged, you know, like like anybody who's got, um, you know, who, who is involved in something, you know, he, he kind of acknowledges that people might feel that way. But as he said, you know, it's it's crowdfunding. If it resonates with people, they'll they'll sponsor it, and you know, that's ultimately letting the market decide. So I guess we get to. Have our you know chat about it in the bubble of um, Radio Brews News, but ultimately, if people think that it's it's cool enough, yeah, they'll get involved regardless.
1: Oh yeah, I think it's cool enough, but I and I would have pledged money a couple of years ago. I just I'm not going to pledge money to a company that made six billion US last year. Fair enough. Uh, one company that uh, is apparently valued
2: at slightly less than that, uh, Ben Spoke, put paid to uh, to rumors, came out and in, in the public forum and sort of said, look. The rumours are going around um, that you know we're we're selling or we're sold or you know the we're about to ink a deal uh, to sell. Ben spoke. I would have thought uh, from your point of view, Ben it is is one of the um, now particularly uh, given Richard's heritage and 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 um, value to the to the community, uh, but also what Ben Spoke's doing in in a very sort of I guess insular marketing in Canberra um, very important to the to the to the IBA
1: yeah yeah I think um, I you know just quickly I, I hadn't even heard any rumors about Ben spoke um, so it was a surprise to me when I saw the story so maybe it's just within the canberra beer circles I'm, I really don't know but obviously I'm not out and about enough anyway um, but no, we we value Ben spoke as one of our members um, we think they're doing great stuff um, they're innovative and Richard has got a lot of History in the in the uh, organisation uh, in the industry, so we really want to see those guys thrive and survive, and we'd love them to stay indie. But um, you know, let's hope they don't get acquired by anyone.
0: But this is the sort of stuff that you know. Like I, I hadn't actually heard any rumours that uh, Bent Spoke had been sold. So, but it was obviously loud enough within their patch that they felt the need to you know publicly deny it, which is quite um, unusual. You see, uh, you know people like. Um, Young Henry's have, have you know, sort of made a big thing of uh, um, coming out and saying we're not for sale. But just last week, I had somebody contact me and say, oh, have you heard that uh, Green beacon sold? Um, it's the first time I've ever heard green. You know, it was the first time I'd ever heard um, anyone suggest that Green Beacon was in play. Um, and so I actually contacted the guys, and they just laughed about it. These rumours. Anyone who's getting ahead in the market or getting a bit of attraction, um, I, you know, I generally am able to track some of these rumours back to sales reps shooting the shit in bottle shops. Um, Prof, have you ever been in a bottle shop when a sales rep comes in and you're just sort of standing there browsing the shelves, and uh, you hear some of the conversation that the uh, sales rep goes on with?
2: Uh, fortunately, never.
0: Okay, well, t- I highly recommend it because it's better than uh, reading fiction, um, and yeah. So I, I suspect that you know sales reps love to spread rumors. Um, it's a big part of their day. Um, oh, sorry, no, it, spreading rumors isn't a big part of their day, but talking is a big <laughs> part of their day. And you know, so rumors get exchanged and they get passed uh, around. And I, I just sort of wonder how much of how much of it was that. Yeah, well, we used to call them
2: furfies, but uh, I think that's probably trademark now. You probably can't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Indeed. In the garden, what a garden. Brews News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer. With over 100 craft beers and ciders on the roster and counting, Brewpack specialises in offering growing craft breweries a home for their packaged and kegged beer, no matter how crafty. Serious about handmade beers, and with an open-door policy, Brewpack's brewers love having passionate, hands-on partners in the brewery. Thinking about craft contract brewing? Think Brewpack. And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible.
2: Before we finish up, and uh, we'll get some more thoughts from Ben, and before we go to our mailbag... Uh, ben confirmation yesterday that the um, the co-hosts of Brewcon are again uh, the lovely Kirillie Waldhorn and myself um, very honoured to have been asked to to do it again for I think oh, it must be five years in a row now it, it just nobody else will work
1: as cheap as us is that the is that the thing <laughs> no not at all I think uh, having you guys on stage is excellent you both obviously facilitate uh enthusiasm you know, amongst the crowd so that's what we want. We want identities in the indie beer scene to be up on stage and celebrated. So we'd like to celebrate you guys because you are one of the biggest supporters of the scene. Where's my invitation? Oh, I'm sure you're on a panel that we <laughs> haven't quite announced yet. <laughs> it's all
2: about, uh, the uh. important thing is keeping everyone to time, Matt. So that that may, I'm, I'm just putting it out there. I'm not privy to the uh, discussions that go on. That may can't uh, afford the chicken wire. Time is of the no. essence. <laughs>
1: No, um, it's, uh, um, it's good to have people who are obviously well-spoken because we will have people on panels that um, just don't have the necessarily the personality to really bring things to life. So you guys are great facilitators, and we thank you for that.
0: Well, we, we will be, of course, uh, there in the trade show, in the expanding trade show uh, uh, with uh, Radio, Brews News, Radio Brew's News Live booth. Um, so we'll certainly have a presence. When Prof's not on stage, we'll be... Uh, uh, I, I, speaking to a lot of your guests and speaking to a lot of the uh, the you know, gathering of the Beery tribes.
1: Yeah, indeed. I can remember being lassoed by James last year. So if you need any of the board, obviously don't hesitate to grab that shepherd's hook and grab us and uh, we'll obviously contribute as much as we can to your efforts in supporting the expo and the conference.
0: Well, if we can get everyone together in the one place, which is probably a little bit dangerous, it's a little bit like Coca-Cola executives travelling together. Um, but if we can get you all, it would be great to introduce the the, the current board because there have been a few changes and it would be great to just sort of uh, have, have a quick uh, chat with the entire board. Mate, right,
2: let's do it. I was going to do that before, Ben, get you to um, it's probably now a as good as opportunity as any before we wind up to, uh, I guess, introduce the, the board to the listeners.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, we had a, um, as per every year, we had at our AGM uh, back, back in November, and uh, just due to the constitution, the, the uh, longest serving two board members um, and or any casuals need to uh, resign, and then we we always bring on usually two new board members. So uh, at the moment, I, I'm Chair Dave Padden from Akasha is Treasurer, uh, Will Tatchell. Uh, from Van Diemen in Tasmania is actually heading up our awareness pillar. Back to Dave, he's heading up our quality pillar. And then we, the new uh, permanent board members, we welcome back uh, Ben Krauss from Bridge Road, and he's heading up our member services and value pillar. And also Peter Phillip from Wayward, who's heading up our regulatory advocacy pillar. So really strong board. Um, I'll be, res- uh, I think I'm resigning at the end of this year, and uh, what we'll be doing is trying to. Spread our wings a little bit more and have a nice cross section on the board of both geographically and, and brewer size or type. Don't want to open the um, floodgates on
2: Pandora's can of hornet's worms, but uh, not a lot of diversity there.
1: No, and uh, <laughs> you know, that is one thing that's down to the members um, nominating and voting. So, probably goes back to a little bit about our communications weakness. We did, we did get obviously enough votes to carry the motion to elect members, uh, directors, but I actually went on a road trip. Up in South Queensland and uh, went to a few brewers and face to face tried to get a couple of nominations through. Funny thing about this industry, everyone's got these small businesses that are evolving rapidly and a lot of them are going through rapid growth. So people are like, oh, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. Um, so I'll be, uh, I guess, working the floor again in Sydney to find a couple of nominees, hopefully for the next round of elections. that will be probably in the uh, the last quarter of the calendar year.
0: Prof, just before we move on to uh, a- a- anything else, um, while we've got Ben here, get him to put back on his IBA hat. Um, ben, this week, the IBA has announced a very important initiative around brewer safety. Can you talk us through that?
1: Yeah, sure. This is a uh, program that was started under our uh, quality and member services um, strategies or pillars, as we like to call them. And uh, we were approached by a company of, conference last year called Victual. So a couple of guys there who specialised in, I guess, food, uh, IH&S, thought that the brewing space was uh, an opportunity to get more people going home safely to their families. So a couple of breweries put up their hands to trial this, namely Acasha and Two Birds, and Victual spent a lot of time in those breweries analysing our sort of typical processes where there's room for improvement. And uh, they basically developed a bespoke program based off a lot of existing uh, material, but you know, all obviously, centered around common sense and reducing injuries, um, but also legislative requirements as well. And they form these um, couple of levels of packages that uh, beer companies can um, get involved in, and as an IPA member, they get a significant discount as well.
0: And uh, but I mean, just to explain, uh, you know, why? I mean, it might seem uh, like a, a stupid question, and on, on one level, it is, but. You know, why is safety? You know, this this focus on safety so important in our industry.
1: Oh, obviously, it's a fairly uh, manually intensive industry. Um, we have brewers in big warehouses that you know have got a couple of alarming aspects to them. So, line of sight is always a problem when people are going in and around tanks. You've got heavy machinery, forklifts. Uh, if you're big enough, slippery floors, working from height. Um, there's obviously heat involved, gas, um, both st- as well as steam, boiling water, um, glass bottles, aluminium cans with sharp edges. So there's a whole plethora. I mean, these aren't uh, people think brewing sexy, but it's definitely uh, erring on the side of dangerous. So we have to put in a lot of measures to make sure. Our community, our members are, are safe. Um, we don't want any bad news stories going out from the industry that may hurt it as well. I mean, ultimately, we just want our our members and their staff to go home to their families every day um, happy that they're in a great industry. And we we've seen some um, unfortunate accidents, both domestically and internationally, that you know really sort of um, so most of them are preventable.
0: I'm not a brewer, but I spent a night in hospital last year with a fairly severe caustic burn um, that, you know, again, was uh, caused by a lot of ignorance um, on my part. Um, You know, I was just uh, cleaning some tap lines and uh, got caustic on and I didn't treat it seriously enough and uh, it it had some fairly bad uh, repercussions and I was just very, very lucky that it was on, on a leg and not my face or something like that. So it really is, you know, I don't think people appreciate just how dangerous... The industry should, can be, um, and just how seriously we need to take safety. So, uh, congratulations to the IBA on, on, on the initiative, and you know we can only highly recommend it. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes.
1: Yeah, hat tip to Dave Patton, who's really driven this as um, the board member looking after quality, and and Krause, who looks after member services, to get a package together. I mean, there was a lot of uh, research that went into a lot of hours that the the guys at Two Birds and Akasha donated um, to be part of this pilot program uh yeah it's it's good to see obviously some deliverables coming out of the IBA and safety is one of them and that's fantastic I think
2: all right well look on that note um a little bit of kumbaya to finish the show which is always lovely um we could only uh encourage all our listeners who are involved in the business of brewing beer to get involved in in brewcon to come along uh it's look it's it's a Two and a half, three days of, of um, a really great spirit, uh, great sharing of, of knowledge and information, and of course it's capped off uh, on the the last night with the uh, presentation of the the very first indies. So uh, as we say, it's not all about the trophies, but geez, it is nice to you know to get one if you if you do. Oh,
1: we need to celebrate great beer in our in our industry, that's for sure. Um, and then as we talked about, brewers are getting feedback the next day, which is fantastic. Yeah, yep, exactly, 100%.
2: And uh, Matt, we can probably uh, finish up by announcing uh,
0: what was announced this week, which was the new host lineup for the AIBA presentation dinner. You and uh, Curly have been hosting uh, for a couple of years now, and uh, I got a phone call out of the blue this week um, asking whether I'd like to join you on stage this year. Um, So very, very excited to be an MC at the Australian International Beer Awards. I don't get invited to the uh, Brewers Association, to, to the IBA, but, you know, I get to the uh, AIBAs. I'm sure there's
1: something in the mouth
0: for you, now. That wasn't fishing for anything, but uh, no, very, very excited and very thrilled to be joining you on stage, Prof. Um, I, I think I was just going to mix things up a little bit this year, and I thought you could be on stage and we can have a Facebook uh um, page projected onto the screen behind you, and I can just sort of weigh in via Facebook from my table. Well, why don't you do it from Brisbane? Because <laughs> then at le- you know people won't be able to throw things at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll have a little pipe-mobile with bulletproof glass around me. <laughs> uh, let's
2: see if we can uh, reuse the chicken wire from, <laughs> uh, from the brewers up. Uh, now, before we go,
0: uh, anything in the mailbag, Matt? Just uh, a couple of smaller ones. Uh, basically, people saying thank you for us sending them a barblade. blade. Now you've got an address. You've posted off our competition winner from two weeks ago.
2: Uh, no, it's, I've only just got the um, the address, and I've got the. Uh, it, it's at the packaging stage. So hopefully by the time. Our listener listens to this, he will be enjoying his uh, Bourbon County Stout.
0: Awesome. And uh, we do have confirmation that the letter of the week, so seeing people like to be incentivised apparently to write, we do have a weekly prize um, just for the best letter of the week and because sometimes it's a a two or three week cycle for people to respond by the time they listen to it, it'll just be the best letter of the week, not the best letter in relation to last week's podcast um it'll just be the best letter that we receive in a week we'll extend it to comments on facebook and uh that sort of thing but just something that really stands out it can be having a go it can be uh just you know a a great uh take or a great observation um or a great question um that you will be a cartel our good friends at beer cartel despite what might, you might think from reading Facebook comments, they are our good friends, um, have, uh, while we've been recording, uh, have confirmed that they are going to sponsor the Beer Cartel Letter of the Week. And this week we're giving away a Ultimate Belgian Beer Pack. Uh, I thought you were <laughs> going to say a
2: six-pack of stone. <laughs>
0: that, that would have been a delightful, delicious irony. And I would have been asking the uh, recipient to tell us what dates were on the uh, beer. No, it's a... Uh, <laughs> If you're going to do international beer Belgian beers do travel and they do hold their age very well in fact even the uh, great maestro himself uh, um, Michael Jackson used to say that uh, a lot of Belgians don't like drinking duval until it's got six months uh, you know on, on the shelf so I uh, edge on it yeah Yep. Um, so oh, yes. right. well, that,
2: that's Well, that's great. And thank you very much to, to Beer Cartel. So, from now on, it'll be the
0: Beer Cartel Letter of the Week. Letter of the Week. And you get uh, a, a, six, a mixed six pack and uh, a Bruise News beer blade. Everyone who sends us an email gets a Bruise News uh, bar blade to open your cans with. <laughs> exactly. Well, you can. Yeah, you can. You can use the, the back end of
2: it if you really want to be uh, a smartass. Um, on behalf of Matt, Ben, thank you very much for um, giving us your time today and uh, sharing a bit of. Uh, the news about the IBA and the Indies, and uh, and where where independent beer is going, is heading in Australia.
1: Absolute pleasure, Thanks, guys.
0: And, and and also as a brewer in your own right. Um, now, do you want to just give us the uh, elevator pitch for, or the uh, you know a little bit about your brewery and where people can come and sample some very very fresh uh, brewery fresh beers?
1: Yeah, indeed. Our uh, in Endeavor tap rooms and brew bar opened about eighteen months ago, right in the middle of the Rocks in Sydney. So. If anyone's around, pop in, JB, Scotty, our brewers, uh, they're uh, a lot of the time brewing on our 600-litre uh, stacked brewery. Um, we've got a nice all-Australian IPA uh, constantly on tap. that's absolutely fine and never more than about two weeks old. Um, but, yeah, we, we've got our whole range there and always something dark and something different. So good food uh, with our partners, Applejack. Um, yeah, we're really proud of the venue and, and trying to take... Better beer to the masses because we get a lot of foot traffic around that area of, of both domestic and international tourists, but a lot of corporates, and we're just trying to get them, you know, across the road from a couple of other pubs and, and drinking. Uh, Australian independent
0: beer We might even need to just get you on and have a bit of a chat about your journey outside of your IBA role and uh, we we might sort of uh, once a small amount of time passes uh, we we might get you on as a beer as a conversation guest and uh, talk about your journey to getting your own venue because I know it's been like an interesting ride for you Oh
1: yeah Um, I mean (laughs) just small to medium business trials and tribulations but we love it we're trying to live the dream Um, and yeah there's a lot of stories I could tell you so available anytime I'd, uh, I'd love to have that opportunity
2: well let's let's lock it in
1: and on that note thank you very much to
2: our sponsors who make Radio Brews News possible and thank you to the listeners without whom the tree would fall in the forest or would it we'll see you all again next week
0: hey prof hey yeah. if a beer's sitting on a shelf and there's no one around to no, drink it don't, don't even <laughs> don't even fucking start And we're out.